What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Disciple Me Now podcast. What week are we in, Nathan? Dude, I don't even know. It's all blur. It's just a journey. Yeah. I'm so excited uh, about the episode today. I'm also excited about all of our people that have been listening, watching, all of that. Thank you so much, uh, no matter how you're listening, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. Just we want to say thank you so much. Hope that you can give this a share. Thank you to all who have been. And we got an exciting story as we finish off our series on the discipleship wheel or uh, spiritual growth cycle that we have been talking about. All right, hit me with it. Give me the story. Okay, so I kind of, as we were thinking, talking, preparing this, saw something that we're going to talk about within the Gospels with Peter and Jesus. Okay. So as all of us know, when Peter was called very first time, what does he do? He jumps out of the boat, swims to Jesus, fully committed, right? Okay. He's never, he hasn't walked with Jesus, hasn't really uh, battled with anything like spiritually or anything that he's faced yet. Okay. Luke 5, calling of Peter. Yes, calling of Peter. They go through, he goes through three years of life with Jesus, okay. teaching, seeing miracles, the miraculous, all those things. He goes through, like what we talked about last week, some doubts. He denies Jesus, okay. this internal struggle that we're in. Jesus goes back to him. He's on a boat again, okay, in John like uh, 22 21 or something, or 21. 22, okay. yeah. Peter, or Jesus calls to him. What does Peter do? Jumps out of the boat again, almost the same situation with the same enthusiasm, same passion. And that's where Jesus says, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs, all of those things. What was the difference? There was two different scenarios, but it seems like almost two different experiences, stories. And I think hmm. that we, through the Gospels, were able to see Peter walk through this discipleship wheel hmm. that we talked about. Okay. And the final epitome is what we're about to talk about today, him stepping in, going from spiritual young adult to an actual spiritual adult where Jesus tells him, feed my sheep. Now it's your turn to go and make disciples. Thoughts okay. on that? No, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because through the Gospels, we see Peter going through um, times of, of doubt, yes. times of, of Jesus displaying and revealing his purpose on earth, and Peter like not being about that at some yeah. times. And Peter saying dumb stuff or yeah. selfish stuff or like we talked about last week, right here, right now type stuff. Yeah, he's always like the, the disciple with the, his foot in his mouth. Yeah, but we see that Jesus takes him through this process, uh-huh. and right as Jesus um, comes back to call him, you know, he steps in, I believe, steps into this spiritual adult moment where he makes a decision. Okay, now Jesus sees it in him, but now it's time to, to begin to feed my own sheep or his sheep, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, to disciple others the way I have been discipled, which is just yeah. okay. kind of so, interesting. So Peter, at this moment, what are the marks that, like what are the, the marks of his life mm-hmm. and what are the things that he's stepping into that would characterize this as this adult stage? Yeah, I think before 
the marks of Peter's life was he wanted what was convenient for him. Okay. He wanted what was maybe temporary or right here, right now. Hmm. Um, even when Jesus says, I am the Christ, I am going to be crucified. Peter pulls Jesus over and says, like rebukes him and says, no, this isn't right. And what does Jesus say? Step behind me, Satan. Like yeah. that's, it's like, because Jesus or uh, Peter was acting out of his flesh, out of not being Christ-centered, but being self-centered, like mm-hmm. we've talked about. So we walk through this. I think that a lot of the things that we've been talking about in the child stage, the infant stage, the young adult stage is what categorized Peter's life. Yet what he's stepping into is... Um, Jesus saying, feed my sheep. And um, I think Jesus even lays out the type of life and death that Peter is going to Hmm. um, have to live. Yeah. And Peter, although he still says, what about John? Yeah. (laughs) But he accepts it because he's in it now for the long haul, for the strategic vision that Jesus has placed onto him. Yeah, because in that moment, he lays it out to Peter of like right now you get to go wherever you want do whatever do wherever you do whatever you want to do which is a child right it's yeah a- but then he says as you get older there will come a time when someone else stretches yes. out your arms and takes you yeah. where you don't want to go something to that effect basically laying it out plain and, and simple for that Peter would understand that Peter was going to be crucified yeah which is, I mean, which, what is a disciple really? Dying to ourselves, yeah. dying to our flesh. And this is just a physical picture of what it should look like in our lives when it comes to our spirit, when it comes to our flesh, when it comes to our ego, when it comes to sin, when it comes to the world, really dying to ourselves, even in our notes, like what does a spiritual adult look like? Man, Jesus is at the center of every aspect of our lives and everything else is dead. Yeah. Our ego, our pride, our desire to be famous or known, um, even the right here, right now mentality, it's all just dead. And I believe that is when Jesus asked Peter, we weren't even expecting to go in this direction, but like when Peter asked, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? It's, I think it's, in that moment where he's being broken and all those things are having to be decided, am I going to let these things die Yeah. so that I can fully be a, a spiritual adult, yeah. a disciple of okay. Christ? Okay, so. I, I like that because, so when we're thinking about the, the journey of spiritual growth, mm-hmm. it really is a, a progress of becoming more and more like Jesus. Yeah. And when we honestly think about who Jesus was, he was much more than someone who said great things and and taught awesome stuff. Yeah. But Jesus was someone who sacrificed of his own life for the lives of other people. Yeah. Yes, on the cross, but also throughout all of his ministry, the people that he went to and the people he ministered to, he was constantly humbling and sacrificing himself, giving up his own life for the sake of other people. And Really, when you're looking at a spiritual adult, you're looking at someone who is doing that daily, laying down their own life for other people. Some of the other things I was thinking about when I was thinking about spiritual adult is someone who has the ability to forgive other people, 
even when those people don't even ask to be forgiven. Yeah. But you, you wrong someone and you go out of your way to forgive them. Yeah, that's good. Or someone who is abil- is able to support and honor their local church even when their church does something to disappoint them. Yeah. So when their church isn't doing everything exactly how they want to, like are you still able to support them, get behind them, help them, and honor the people, the pastors who are in leadership over you? That's so good. I think some other just, I guess, characteristics, we've been saying this, but like, are they committed to the long haul, not the here and now, not what is convenient or easy or satisfying, but the long haul of their lives, of other people's lives, but also for the kingdom, are they committed to the long haul? And I love what we were talking about beforehand, and I think that it's one of the pictures of the story about Peter, that being a child and being a spiritual adult can actually look similar at some points because they're both so committed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, can you share your thoughts on that, Nathan? Yeah, what yeah. So, even, like, how is that even possible? I think that's def- this definitely comes out in your story of Peter jumping off the boat. I think that's a perfect example. Because a person who's a spiritual child is committed and invested, but they are doing so because they haven't faced their doubts and their questions yet. Everything's good. Awesome. Yeah. Like, They've go. just received forgiveness and, the and they're all about it. Yeah. But someone who's a spiritual adult has wrestled through those doubts, has wrestled through the questions, and because they've come out the other side of it, that's why they have so much commitment mm. because they've faced those things and they, whether or not they've found answers to those questions, they've walked through that, that time of difficulty and they're going to, they've chosen to serve God in the yeah. midst of all of it. They've still chosen to walk with him, serve him. Yeah. So that's the biggest difference between a spiritual adult, spiritual child or anything else. They've gone through doubts, frustrations, questions, difficulty, whatever it is, yet they, whether it hasn't been answered or hasn't been answered the way they wanted it to be or whatever, they still chose um, Jesus. Yeah. So I've heard it like this, every leader, but I think you could say every disciple that makes it to the spiritual adult stage kind of walks with a limp. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Has gone through some- Like Jacob. Yeah, yeah, right with his hip and everything has has wrestled with God, has yeah. questioned God, has has had some really uh, honest conversations with God, and I think um, not that we wish like you know bad things on people or anything like that, but if there's a disciple who's claiming that man, I'm a spiritual adult, I'm a, you know whatever, but they haven't gone through those things, yeah. man, it, it, it causes some pause at least to say, okay, where are you really? Because um, that's going to happen. And I think the way we choose um, to respond to those things is one of the things that grows us into being ready and with the perspective that a spiritual adult has. Yeah. So if you're discipling someone, that's a good thing for them to go through a period of of doubting and questioning because helping them get to the other side of that mm. really helps them grow. Yeah. And it when can I, be scary. Sorry. I, no, you're good. Go for well, it. I was just going to say, it can be scary as the discipler yeah. when they're doubting or mm-hmm. struggling. I mean, think about it. I mean, it wasn't just, 
it wasn't just, I don't think it was just hurtful to Jesus that Peter denied him. Obviously it was, but I think it was also concerning. Yeah. Like, is he going to walk away forever? Yeah. Is he never going to come back? And I think as the discipler, it can be scary when our disciple is asking these questions or I don't know if I even believe this, or I don't even know if God is good or whatever yeah. it is. But if we're able to walk with them, it can be scary to us. Like, oh my gosh, we just need to, but if we can get them kind of through that and and still trusting him, they're more ready to be that spiritual adult that we want yeah. them to be. It's easy to think that those questions mean that you're doing something wrong as a disciple. That's or, good. That's and you're good, really Nathan. not. Yeah. Some of the other things I was thinking about is if you're in this spiritual adult stage, some of the phrases you might say are, we get to baptize someone from our small group tonight. Mm. When's the next foundations class? Yeah. So like you said, they're about the end game. They're thinking ahead to like, I'm excited to see this person get baptized and grow in their faith. Like what's two steps down the line that I can help line up for them Mm -hmm. so that my disciple is continuing to move down the path? I mean, I even think like you're really good at this, Nathan. There's other leaders in our context that are, but just give you a shout out. But like you're, you're literally like writing notes to your disciples that you haven't given to them yet, that you'll give to them when they graduate or whenever Mm. you plan on doing that. But like, that's how a spiritual parent or a spiritual adult thinks, right? Like not here and now, but man, I might not be able to do this or give this to them for a year, but I know when I do, it's going to send them off into college with something that hopefully can protect and grow and push their faith. So yeah. And I like how you said, example. I like how you said spiritual parent there, yeah. right? Because some people call this stage abide in me, which I think that's great, but I think that only gets at half of it. Yeah. I like to call this go and be or go and do go and be is great because you got that be yeah. sense of still just being with Christ, but also this go sense in which you're not just a, you're not just close to Jesus for you, yeah. but you're close to Jesus in order to parent and bring along other people. Yeah. I love go and be, if we can think of it that way, because a spiritual parent or a spiritual adult is, um, their doing mm-hmm. comes from their being. Yeah. Okay. Comes from them being with Jesus comes from them knowing who they are in him. A lot of spiritual children, infants, and even young adults, they're doing is maybe to get closer to Jesus or to know him more where a spiritual adult understands, no, I know him. I am with him. I'm in him. Therefore, I'm about the end goal. I want to reach people. I want to touch other people's lives. I want to give to the poor, whatever it is. But all of it comes from them being. Jesus letting them go but they're still remaining in him and everything else flows from there. I think that's one yeah. of the biggest differences. And I would even say to the point that as you, as the spiritual growth stages, it's not just a linear direction, but you can actually go back and forth and it can be a cycle to the point where if you have a, a season in your life that you're not discipling other people and parenting them, like, are you even in this spiritual adult stage you know are you back are you have you gone back to the the young young adult stage which is it's okay like i think myself and every christian i know goes through cycles of different phases of ministry different 
phases of your relationship mm. with Jesus. Hmm. But if you're in the spiritual adult stage, then you really should make that effort to not just be an adult for your sake, but to be a parent for other people's sake. Yeah. So the big, and we're, our audience hopefully is people that are discipling people. Yeah. Um, and making disciples. So the biggest, I guess, difference or, or a goal, right? Uh-huh. I, I should say a pathway. We've been using that word for somebody who's kind of on the line or at this stage, maybe, maybe you've done an incredible job and your disciple is here. What can we do? What's the next step for us? Because yeah. sometimes it can be hard letting go when our lives have been connected to this one person yeah. for a long time or this these two people for a long time. What's what's the next step? What's the pathway? What's the, the yeah, the path? Okay, let me what give you three say? things. Yeah. First thing is as they're entering this stage to be explaining the discipleship process to them mm-hmm. so that they know and they're thinking about other people of be how to help these other people grow. And then as your disciple is understanding this discipleship process, release them to disciple someone else yeah. with your help. Okay. okay. Hold in their hand figuratively by their side. And Let them then ask you questions. Yeah. Hey, this isn't going well. Or, Hey, how'd you deal with this? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then release them to disciple someone else without your help mm. and let them just go for it. Show them that you fully trust them and they got this. So all, all about that. The idea is releasing them to be a disciple maker on their own. So it's kind of like you're a spiritual parent. You're hopefully, I mean, if you're doing it right, your kids shouldn't be living with you yeah. until they're 30. Yeah. So so we need to release them, like you said, but we're always going to be there yeah. for them to for them to come back to, for them to you know, come home for the holidays type yeah. thing, to ask questions, to be like, yo, how are like you I'm doing? Like I'm calling up my dad because I don't understand electrical or I don't understand how to fix my garbage disposal, you know, yeah. but I don't live with them anymore. Yeah. And so you can still have that relationship with them, even though they're discipling someone yeah. else. And if it's okay for me to say, it's also okay for the disciple maker, or not just okay, you should start discipling somebody else yeah. now, right? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, it's, and it's sometimes can be hard and painful to like start, you're like, oh man, I'm starting this process over. Like even for me uh, as a youth pastor, I've been here eight years now. It's hard to kind of get up and go for another group or for another person or for another individual, but it's not about us. If we are at this stage, we're called to this. So it's, it is time for us to release them to still be there for them, but for us to not make sure that we've made it, we're dusting off our hands, but yeah. no, we still have more disciples to make and we need to make sure that our heart is in that place still and not thinking, well, we've arrived, we're good, we're yeah. cool, we've already sent somebody out, but no, let's send out another one, let's do another one, let's do another one. Yeah, the last thing that I will will say for this, alongside that point, is just because you yourself are at the spiritual adult stage, or spiritual parent say stage. Say that, Nathan. Say that. I already know. Say it doesn't it. mean that you've arrived. Yes. Okay? You're not done. And in the sense of you're not done growing. Like, you can still have someone else disciple you, even though you're far along in your own journey, even though that you are close to Christ, you've discipled a bunch of people, you can still find someone else who has something to teach you. Yep. Even if you're the Always. same age as them, even if you're, you're, you're older than them, continue looking for someone else who has 
a certain aspect of their relationship with Christ that you can learn from and grow from and seek how to let them disciple you. Yeah. And hopefully most spiritual adults know that and feel that yeah. like, Hey, we haven't arrived. Like this is that. Cause that's one of the marks I think of yeah. not being self-centeredness. So humility, humility. So we have to, to be a disciple maker, we have to have humility. So, mm-hmm. um, any closing last thoughts before we, before we, um, switch up to our last segment? No, I think that's good. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So keep sharpening each other. I'll say this just as a closing thought, man, if you are, at this place with your disciple, you killed it. Awesome yeah. job. Um, congrats. But now it's time to release them. And now your ministry and your sowing is being multiplied to somebody else. And that's what it's all about. That's what Jesus did. So good job. We're proud of you. Amen. I want you to know that. And uh, man, so that's what the goal is. We're about to switch to another fun segment that I think that we're really going to like. You can follow along with us. We're going to read out the questions out loud. We are going to play against each other Bible trivia. The questions will be up on the screen. We're going to do one um, quote unquote easy, yeah. one medium, yeah. and one hard. Yeah, now, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. All relative. I might, it's I might, all re- yeah, I'm so relative because I might fail this easy one, but get the hard one. Who knows? Yeah, it's all relative. Uh, apparently, from what I heard, Nathan has super hard questions for me. Oh, no. And I'm about to go three for three on this. So um, we're going to start. Answer along with us, okay? And we might even post them on our Instagram, see who gets them and who doesn't. Um, anyway, I'll start. Is okay, that okay? Yeah, that's good. Okay. This is super easy. Okay. Matthew was a tax collector. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my gosh. Now I feel bad. This is going to be too hard of a first question. I told y'all. Come on. I ran this by Hyman. He said, he said up it a little bit. Come on. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a warning. How about that? This one has a little bit of a trick to it. Okay. When Jesus fed the Mm 4,000 people, I'll say that again. When Jesus fed the 4,000 people Mm -hmm. plus women and children, how many fish and loaves of bread did he have? I think uh, two fish, seven loaves. Oh, that was really good. Okay, was that so, right? So, so I, I know it's seven I don't, loaves. I don't remember which which gospel I read this from. Let's see. I don't know. It's not open on my phone anymore. So when he fed five thousand people, which is a different story. Yeah, five loaves, two fish. Right. Right. This story, he did have seven loaves. It said a few fish. So two, I'll take ding, it. Ding ding Yo, ding. Yeah. Nice job. Yes. Okay. I told you I'm going three for three today. All right, here's the second one. You ready? Hold on. Okay. What is the shortest book in the New Testament? In the New Testament. Um, I'm going to go, ooh, I'm a little bit nervous now because I'm trying to think back and forth between Philemon and like Third John, maybe. <laughs> oh man! Ooh, put it. Tell I us like what Philemon you think. because I thought the, so, so. Philemon is so short that I chose to do that as a Bible study in high school because I thought this book is so short it'll be easy. We'll get through it. But instead, I'm gonna go with Third John. Bro, did I get that wrong? Second John. Second John. Oh. oh. <laughs> I just I just assumed that they got shorter and shorter as yeah, he went. You he's know, like getting tired. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. This so one. Wait, this one's kind of hard. It's one to one still right yeah. now. Okay. Which wood was used by Noah to build the ark? <laughs> really? Come on, man! You don't know your wood. <laughs> okay. 
Your trees? Acacia wood. Oh, no. Wait, good guess, Mahogany. Though. It was gopher. Oh, what? Acacia is a good guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's one to one. Here's yours. The southern kingdom eventually fell to which great power? Hmm. So it's going to be either Babylon or Assyria. Um, I'm really wanting to say Babylon, but you said southern kingdom. And so I feel like that happened later in history. So I'm going to go with Assyria. No? Was it Babylon? Babylon? Dang it! Uh, This is for the win. All right. This is for the win. This is is hard. This is my hard one. Oh, this is your hard one. (laughs) Not the gopher wood. Okay. Okay. During Paul's third missionary journey, Roughly for how long did he minister in the school of Tyrannus at Ephesus? How long was he, he, in, he in Ephesus, Ephesians? Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. You ready? You ready? It's somewhere between six months and five years. Um, I'm going to say a, a year and a half. You're really close. Two years. Oh, we tied. Yeah, we did good it. game. Good game. Good game. I mean, we both just went one of three for Bible questions. <laughs> That's terrible. That's uh, not great I mean, for these, our podcast. These are but very, very hard questions. Yeah, they we're, we're gonna put them on our Instagram and see how you do. Hey, there you we'll go. We'll do it before the show so that you don't have any uh, like. You can't cheat. So anyway, hey, that's all that we have today. Hope that you have enjoyed it again. Thank you for coming on this journey. If you have shared this or told somebody about it, it means so much to us. We want you to know that. Uh, Continue to share it. Continue to tell people about it. Hit the bell if you haven't for notifications. Subscribe if you haven't on whatever platform you are listening to. We come out with a new episode every Sunday at 1 p.m. And um, come and join the club. Be with us. We'll see you next Sunday at that time. See ya. Thanks, guys.